Hello, this is Victoria Schnepps, publisher of Schnepps Media, serving the local communities of New York City, Long Island, and Westchester. And today, you're going to feel the power with our Power Women podcast. We're going to be able to have a wonderful interview today with a very special woman who has made her way to the tops in her career, Carrie Ann Cavallo. Welcome. Thank you so much, Victoria, for having me today. My pleasure. So I, you know, I'm very impressed that she is the president of the Women's Bar Association of Brooklyn. And she wears that mantle after having gone through most other bar associations management and being able to be chosen where she has served as very many roles in the Bar Association for the Women and also State Bar Association, the New York County Lawyers Association, the Brooklyn Bar Association, the Catholic Lawyers. You have been one busy woman and in between you've done this wonderful matrimonial and family law practice with a partner who is Sandy Spunt. So it's Spunt and Cavello, the wonderful dynamic duo of the law helping families. And it's been actually chosen as the New York Metro Super Lawyer every year since 2014. So welcome. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. And that was a very nice introduction. Thank you. Well, you've earned it, as they say. And I wanted you to share a little bit about your own personal background. Where did you grow up? And what were the people when you were uh, a child that impacted your life? Well, actually, Victoria, um, I spent a lot of time moving around when I was a kid. So I grew up in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, um, in New York, and then I also spent a little bit of time in Colorado. Um, so I was a little bit of all over the place. Um, I can't say it was uh, a military thing, so it was just a, a matter of moving a lot. Um, and I had the benefit of seeing a lot of different places when I was a kid, um, which I think helped help to impact, um, you know, my life and, and choices that I've made. Um, and there were several people who had a lot of impact on me when I was growing up, but I would say probably the most pivotal person in my life um, was my grandmother. Ah. Yeah, my, my maternal grandmother. Um, she had a very strong work, work ethic. Um, she came here um, as a, a military bride. Um, um, she married my grandfather and had to wait for a visa to come over um, during the Second World War. And she worked um, very hard and very diligently um, making wires for um, lamps um, pretty much her whole life until she retired. And um, she really taught me a very, very strong worth ethic. Um, she wasn't um, educated in any way, shape, or form beyond um, what we would call a high school education. Um, she got most of her education in France um, where she grew up. And um, she just taught me that if you work really, really hard, pretty much anything that you want is what you can have. Um, she ultimately um, worked so hard on her own um, that she was able to achieve goals like buying a house and raising three children um, after she and my grandfather um, were divorced. And she, through watching her, um, I learned that pretty much anything was possible. So 
she I I would think would I would say is is probably one of the strongest influences in my life. So what led you to become a lawyer? Um, it's interesting. I, I get asked this question quite often, as you can imagine. Um, and I, through 20 years of practicing law, um, I would have to say that when I was making choices about what I wanted to do, um, I was deciding between being a teacher um, or being a lawyer. And I actually went to an undergraduate school that was primarily a teaching school. And I decided um, after going to undergraduate school um, in the University of Northern Colorado that I wanted something a little bit more challenging. Um, and I decided that if I got into law school, that it was going to be law school. So I kind of put all my chips in that basket and I said if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And I ended up getting into law school and I decided that that's what I was going to do. Um, and between college and law school, um, I decided for that summer, um, I because I didn't know um, between college and law school, I didn't have any of the pre-admissions um, or the, uh, the early admissions. I hadn't made any of that, um, that I was going to take that summer and I was going to travel. Um, so I, I traveled throughout Europe, um, and I, I did the backpacking thing that not a lot of um, my friends were inclined to do. So um, I found out when I had called in um, to check in with my family um, and let them know that I was okay, that I had actually gotten accepted to law school, and um, I had to end up buying a ticket to come home because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, that it was it was time for me to come home. And but um, your home with that time was in Colorado? That's correct. It was in Colorado So at that tell time. me your trail to back to New York or to New York. Was that the first time that you lived in New York then? It was not. Um, we had lived in New York before. Um, we had moved to Colorado um, during my senior year of, of high school. Oh, that's tough. That had to be a hard transition. It, it was tough. Um, we my, my mom had made the decision um, that we were moving to Colorado um, during my senior year because my sister was having some problems in, mm. in high school, and it was a, a good place for her to be. We had some family that was already out there. Um, my uncle was out there. Um, my maternal grandmother was out there, and it was um, a better place um, for her because there was a lot of – she was having a lot of difficulties in high school. Um, so we, we Did made her that. story work out all right? She's doing really well now. Well, you better made a wise asking. decision. She did. She did. It was the right decision for our family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even though it's hard when you were a senior in high school. <laughs> I remember those days. It was so connected to your friends. Yes. But it, it worked out well for all of us because I am where I am today. So I, I have no complaints. Yes. So I know you went to law school, New York Law School. I did. And I'm curious to know about how now you chose this part of the law, which is about families, right? It is. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a lot of very um, really good internships while I was in um, law school at New York Law School. And one of them actually was with the Administration for Children's Services. Um, I had the benefit of working there um, during between my second and my third year of law school. Um, and I also had the opportunity of staying there while I was there my third year of law school for the entire year. Um, that gave me the opportunity of practicing under something called the practice order, which allows law students to actually practice as long as they're under the supervision of a licensed attorney. 
Um, it really gave me the opportunity to see how family court practices, it gave me kind of the social aspect of the law that I enjoyed um, of litigating, which I had had an idea that I thought I might like, but it really um, gave me the foundation to see that I enjoyed okay, it. Okay, but you know, that's a tough area because you have heart-wrenching problems to solve. They don't come to you unless there's really a very challenging life experience going on. So how are you navigating that is fascinating to me. Um, I was prosecuting abuse and neglect cases when mm. I worked for the Administration for Children's Services. So that, I thought, was a very difficult job at that time. So talk to me a little bit about how do you help a child? How? What were the things that kept you going? Because, as you said, it was really tough to hear the stories and what people did to other people. Um, getting services put in place um, for their parents, getting proper programs, working with the attorneys that represented the parents to make sure that the proper services could be in place so that hopefully the children could be returned to their parents. So what was the cutoff point that when you said you saw that and then you realized you didn't want to stay there. How did you go about building a practice? Um, I think there's that's a that's a twofold question. Um, initially, it was trying to get those services in place, and then realizing that there was a system that I couldn't always get those services in place for these people. That I knew that there were services that were out there that were not necessarily being um, offered to those parents or being put into place as quickly as possible and children were left to languish in foster care. Um, and I felt like my desire and my drive could be put into, into practice in a, a different type of law, um, which is why I left. I felt like there were um, different things that I could be doing in the same field and I could do them on a more expedited basis, which is why I made the transition to um, custody cases, divorce cases, visitation cases, which still gave me the same the niche, but not in this particular area. Well, I see that you know you have risen to the ranks of height by being the president of the Brooklyn Bar Association. How has being a member of the bar associations helped your practice? Um, it's definitely given me a lot of exposure um, to other attorneys, judges, um, different people that I, I definitely would not have met had I stayed working for the city. Um, it's opened up doors that I did not even know existed um, prior to me leaving um, the city. Um, and it's, it's quite frankly opened up doors on a personal level and on a professional level. Um, I know you met your husband in the courts. I did meet my husband <laughs> in the courts. Um, I, I did meet him when I was working in family court, so I'm not sure that I, I think that door was already open. But um, frankly, it's it's introduced me to a whole different level of people that I didn't even know existed. It It's introduced me to practice areas that I didn't know existed. Um, so I think that has given me so many opportunities that I wasn't even aware of. And it's, it's quite frankly, um, given me the opportunity to serve on the Character and Fitness Committee, which has also given me an opportunity to meet young lawyers that are just graduating from law school. Talk a little bit about the mentoring program you're so proud of. I am very, very happy with the mentoring program that we've started this year for the Brooklyn Women's Bar Association. Um, it is one of the 
shining examples of what I love to do and the opportunity to meet young lawyers who are so enthusiastic and so excited about what they're doing and the it's the beginning of their life professionally and to, to have just a little blip in that that experience for them and to have the opportunity to be on the ground floor of what they're learning and hopefully to be there until I retire um, is just... Well, you're not retiring yet, but I no do time want soon. You, I want you to share. What would you give in terms of advice to a young lawyer starting out to be on the road to success as you are? So successful. Vicki, I feel like there are so many things I could talk about. I could probably be here for 10 days, but... Give me one. Okay. Um, We've got one minute left. <laughs> okay. Um, I think dedication, I think um, having... I think dedication is probably the most important thing. I think making sure that you are there and you are seen for your clients and for your practice is probably one of the most important things. No, making sure that your clients know that you're there and that you're there to put in the good fight for them is going to resonate not only with your client, but with the next person that they talk to, the next attorney that they talk to, so that they know that you're committed to them and to their cause. Um, and that that will speak volumes because everything that we do is about your name and is about word of mouth. And if you let people know that you're there for them, that's going to resonate with them. And I think that that's so important to people. And that's really all we have in what we do is our name. And uh, something I think your grandmother taught you, which is? Yes. It's perseverance and diligence. Well, so. there we go. Perseverance and diligence. I like that as a closing thought to what you can accomplish when you persevere and you work hard and you're devoted. And you are a great example. We're talking to Carrie Ann Cavallo, who is now president of the Women's Brooklyn Bar Association and has a wonderful practice being geared specially to families and matrimonial law. So I thank you so much for being with us. And this is Victoria Schnepps from Power Women and Feel the Power on schnepsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are heard. Thank you for being with us. Bye now.